0: back to Ghoul's Night Inn, the spooky chat show with your best ghoul friends. I'm Penny Snark. And I am Midge Munster. And Penny, you know, they say to
1: dress for the job that you want. I have heard this. And I feel like for years now, I have been dressing for the job that I want. And not a single person has asked me to do my dream job of horror hosting. Mmm. So I thought the best way to present this now would just be to talk really loudly about it on the podcast, and hopefully someone will ask me to do it. <laughs> there you
0: go. That's the that's the best method I know.
1: <laughs> no, but I did want to delve in to uh, horror hosting a bit today because uh, this is a kind of a, a time honored tradition that I think is a very cool, weird thing that happened. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about the, the origins as well as some of our most uh, outstanding horror hosts of history. Excellent. So what is horror hosting and how did it originate? Um the idea of this is not unique to television, however that's what most of us, you know, really know it as. Um, but it, it it kind of has its origins in things like the tales from the crypt comics that established the the crypt keeper or the you know, phantasmagoria and spook shows of the 30s and 40s or radio programming. Uh, they all have this idea of a sort of like guide to the other side, as it mm-hmm. were, to to guide you
0: into the the dark. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And so when we, we talked a little bit about this in the Elvira episode, but when the Universal Studios released their horror movie packages to TV networks for syndication. Uh, They started looking for exciting ways to present the material. And in their shock and son of shock packages that they gifted to the studios, uh, they suggested the idea of having a host um, present the material. And thus, horror hosts were born. So typically, these were a local like television station employee Mm. like a random person who was kind of plucked out of the bullpen (laughs) and selected to put on some kind of costume usually portraying some kind of otherworldly ghoul mad scientist uh you know transylvanian count of sorts and would make jokes at the movies and things and host the late night audiences when the films were presented So a lot of the films (laughs) in these packages were also B grade at best (laughs) (laughs) and were not always good. So the horror hosts also were kind of tasked with making these films worth sticking around and watching. Um, But when they first came to be, there was also kind of this idea that... So, I mean, these packages were the first time horror was shown on TV rather than in theaters, these, these movies. And when you think about it, when you go to a a horror movie, go see it in the theater, it it is a very communal experience. Mm -hmm. And it's more fun to watch it with someone else. And so these characters kind of served as a way to make that shared viewing experience happen. And it was often, you know, kind of suggested that they're watching the movie along with you and commentating. And so they become very, like, beloved local celebrities <laughs> because people feel like they're hanging out with their, their ghoul friends. Oh, yeah. So uh, let's kind of talk about the the horror hosts themselves. So the first generally accepted as being the, the first true horror host is, of course, uh, Myla Nurmi, a Finnish American actor who played Vampira. Ah. Um, Now, I didn't know this. This is really interesting, actually. So Vampira's look was, i mean, well, I did know part of this, but <laughs> uh, Nurmi based that on Charles Adams Morticia from the, mm-hmm. the comic strips. But at that time, she wasn't Morticia yet. It was just the, the nameless mother yeah. character in these Adams family comic strips. But what I didn't know is that Normie like, put a costume together of that character for Lester Horton's, like, big Halloween costume ball in New York and won the prize for best costume out of, like, 2,000 attendees. Um, and because she was, you know, like, everybody was like, oh, wow, there she is. She got the the attention of a, a television producer who then, like, came to her and was like, hey, do you want to do this character on TV? Um, and so that's when she changed a little bit about the costume, made it a little more vampy and more, mm-hmm. uh, you know, her like snatched waspy waist, <laughs> um, and made it her into Vampira. Uh, so even though her show was never aired outside of LA it was within 3 weeks of it airing she was featured in life magazine it was getting a lot of attention for just being something that people hadn't really seen before and uh i didn't realize this either she that show the vampire show aired for less than a year wow yeah um which i feel like is a, a real pattern with these yeah shows that we think of as iconic we, we talked about this with like monsters and adams family too like the, the runs were not very long <laughs> um but it runs from april 1954 to the just the beginning of april 1955 um, but had a massive impact on like the standard for the horror host show format and uh Then, of course, we'll get a bit into this later, but Normie was offered the opportunity to put the show back up in 1981, uh, but walked away from that project, and we will come back to that, but hold on to that information. (laughs) All right. Foreshadowing. (laughs) Foreshadowing. Uh, But on the other coast, in New York City, there was uh, the Cool Ghoul known as Zacherly, who was on the scene (laughs) um i have actually never heard of Zacherly, but he's apparently a pretty big uh player in this in this history so while uh vampire was the first of the horror hosts Zacherly is the one who really kind of set the precedent for this like goofy character Mm -hmm. vampyra played it very like very straight very almost hypnotic like she's really like pulling you in um Zachary, who was originally roland uh he is doing the shock theater in philadelphia and is doing like more of a sketch comedy like skits between commercial breaks um making it a lot more funny Mm -hmm. also if you do not know him from horror hosting which i did not uh you might be familiar if you're a halloween music person with his billboard top 10 song dinner with Drac" from 1958 uh I actually have heard this song and didn't realize it was him. This is on my like Midge's vintage Halloween playlist on Spotify. Uh, it's very funny, and you we're
0: a Zachary fan all along. I know. Didn't I didn't know even know. It. know.
1: Um, but if you, it makes a lot of sense now. Retrospectively listening to it because it's very, uh, it's not singing. Let's say that yeah. it's very like <laughs> when I found out the di-. like it's just yeah. very talking. But that makes makes sense now. Um, so like I said, he was originally, the character was originally called Roland and he was like kind of a, a ghoulish undertaker looking character. And he was on WCAU's Shock Theater, which debuted in 1957 in Philadelphia. And Shock Theater was also the first to implement the kind of like break in on films where, You know, the audio of the film would be continued, but they would disrupt the visual feed and Roland would like come into the movie (laughs) (laughs) and be doing some kind of like stupid thing. They would have him like riding on a tombstone or like doing weird, goofy physical comedy. Um, So that's the first time we see the host like interacting with the film in that way. And that show ran for 92 episodes and went through 1958. And then he was moved to New York. So this is when he becomes Zacherly. And this is like what people most seem to know him for. Mm -hmm. Um, The show got rebranded from Shock Theater to Zacherly at large. um, But the format stayed pretty much the same. The character name changed, the show name changed, but he continues doing his thing. I also loved uh, that his like tagline is "the cool ghoul." Yes, that's a good name. <laughs> uh, so moving then into out of the out of the sixties and fifties and sixties, um, jumping forward. <laughs> Remember when I told you to put a pin in that mylanormy conversation? I do. So uh, we've talked quite a bit about her already and if you haven't listened to this episode be sure to go back and check that out but uh what we did not really talk about in our previous episode about this person was the beef that happened and yes. why why this went down so like i said Vampira got the opportunity to re-up the vampire show with khj tv in the 80s and She said, yeah, I would love to do that. Um, But her like stipulation was she would sign over her intellectual property. So she helped with everything. She like consulted on sets. She helped write the scripts. She was like doing everything to Mm -hmm. make it screen accurate to the original. And she said, you can have all that. My one condition is that I get to pick and mentor the actress that takes my place. Well, lo and behold, <laughs> uh, the station did not uphold their end of the agreement and ended up hiring a little lady by the name of Cassandra Peterson behind Mylanermy's back. And so the first day of filming, um, Cassandra is doing this character under the name Vampyra still, um, on the like vampire set using the scripts that Mylanermi had assisted on writing. Mimicking the style of the original show, um, and Milo Normie is not happy because yeah. Cassandra Peterson is playing Vampira as like a valley girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Normie sends a cease and desist to them during their first day of filming, and so midday they get this, and they're like, "Well, in order to move forward, we've got to change the character name." So all they do is change the name. And as you'll remember, if you listen to our Elvira episode, basically what they did was very quickly, everyone on the set put names in a hat and they drew out a name and boom, bang, bang.
0: <laughs> Elvira
1: was born. We've an Elvira. <laughs> uh, so this is kind of like sad because Mylon really did get kind of done dirty in this situation. And she does end up suing them later. And this was uber crappy. She like gets all this evidence. Like they are literally just using my intellectual property and they backed out on a contract. She's going to take them to court. And the day of her court appearance, her lawyer suddenly quits and takes all the evidence and everything with him that had been compiled. I would say if I had to venture a guess, that somebody paid him off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's and very, so, very
0: shady.
1: Yeah. So the court case just never comes to be, and they have to declare Elvira and the studio as the winner's quote. Uh, and so that is crappy. As much as I adore Elvira and adore like everything she's done, this situation is very shitty. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I feel very, very sad for Mylanermy in this situation because much like Elvira, she was kind of a bad, badass business bitch at this mm-hmm. point. Like she owned a hundred percent of Vampyra. When she left the Vampyra show, she refused to sell any of the rights to the character just to ABC. Like she was very um, in control of her intellectual property, which for a woman in like the forties and fifties is a big freaking deal. Um, and yeah, so she gets screwed over and that really sucks. But uh, we do get Elvira out of it, which is delightful. And so her horror hosting show is Elvira's movie macabre. And she's, you know, playing her, her little goth valley girl. And but what was really unique about this and why it worked is because she's, a valley girl but she's also very smart in like the quippy she's funny she's sexy she's sarcastic she obviously becomes a huge hit and this is the first time we see a, her host get nationally recognized
0: yeah because i, before- I didn't realize that vampire show was just in la like that makes sense right like, thinking about the time period but it just didn't occur to me that that would be the case
1: right isn't that crazy because she's such a like iconic name now yeah. um But yeah, she, I mean, she did get some national recognition in magazines and things. Yeah, yeah, but the show itself. Right. And I do believe um, she was brought on the Ed Sullivan show as well. Uh, But yeah, her like fan base grows exponentially long after the vampire show is over. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, then I I have one more person I want to address. Well, I guess two more technically, but of the, of the. The OG squad, and I think you're going to be very excited about uh, this one, Penny, uh, uh, because we have a pretty prominent horror host from your neck of the woods, we from the do. the Chicagoland area. And who is that, Penny?
0: It's Vengooli. It's Vengooli. Some of you may remember I brought up in the Elvira <laughs> episode, and you were like, "Wait, what? <laughs> Why are you bringing up Vengooli right now?"
1: Penny said, "Get ready for a Milwaukee connection." I uh, get- but yeah, so Sven Gulli, I didn't realize, you may have more knowledge because this was local to you. Um, so this started with Jerry G. Bishop in the 70s, portraying Sven mm-hmm. And in this iteration, he's like kind of a hippie character. <laughs> like he's got like a long wig and sunglasses and bell bottoms. And he's kind of like a, a hip dude. Um, I was not familiar with that. Um, no,
0: I'm I'm not familiar with that version either.
1: Yeah, but so when Bishop originated this character and when he was still on the air, uh, and he was like a you know I mean similar situation to the rest of them, he's like a television personality that has like interviewed presidents and crap, and they're like, do you want to host a horror light? Do late you want to wear show? a
0: weird costume and show horror
1: Do you want to do a weird Transylvanian accent? <laughs> um, and so, but when he's on the air. Bishop was receiving mail from this guy named Rich Cause, who Mm -hmm. would be sending him bits and ideas, and Bishop started using those ideas on the air. So then when he retired from the role, he recommended to the producers that this random guy who had been sending (laughs) him mail, Rich Cause, take over the role, and so this is the gentleman that most of us who know Sven know as Sven Um, But they originally introduced him as son of Sven Guli mm-hmm. Cause he looked obviously nothing like Jerry Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is when the character gets revamped to the one that, that we all kind of know as the, the top hat skeleton face long, like curly black wig guy. So uh, this is, I believe 1970 I didn't write it in my notes 1979 though I believe is when he takes uh, when, when Bishop leaves and then Rich Cause takes over a couple years later and does that until 1986 when the show was cancelled but then in 1995 it's back baby it's back baby and Rich Cause uh, and Bishop are talking and Jerry Bishop's like you know what you've been doing this character you're all grown up now you get to be Svengoolie drop the son of <laughs> you, you are Svengoolie now. Pull, he
0: pulled out Excalibur. Yeah. And knighted him Svengoolie.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, so now Kaz has been playing Ghouli ever since and is still to this day playing Svengoolie. And uh, the show now is, this is again like a nationally available horror mm-hmm. host. He now airs on me TV. Um, so that's pretty cool. I don't know. I knew of him. I don't know a ton about him, but uh, you seemed to be very familiar <laughs> <laughs> I, and, and based on your Elvira episode reaction. Yeah, I would, I, I would say
0: light, lightly familiar. Like I, I have, I didn't like watch him regularly, but it was definitely like a thing where you know I'd be channel surfing, mm-hmm. and I was like what's this weird thing (laughs) happening (laughs) there's like this guy in skull makeup who you know like is this black parade (laughs) right i know (laughs) who's like telling a joke or doing a little a little bit and i i think i remember like i was watching at some point and like my dad wandered in and he was like oh man i used to watch spangoolie and on chicago tv you know back in the day he's back again and i actually have um Two of my my local friends are big Spenguli fans, and they make martinis and watch Spenguli every week. It's oh, like, fun! Like date night.
1: And the, I thought it was really—they uh, introduced something called Sven surround at one point. <laughs> this was like a new a new thing to the, but it was very based in um, Zachary Lee tradition. Okay, that uh, I guess it was based on around which was like an audio company at the time. And so Sven Gulli, while he would not like necessarily quote be on screen, he would like audio break into the movie and be like commentating and doing sound effects and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of his contribution <laughs> that was like really well known as was this audio layover of his commentary. Um, and it got canceled. Like people like they stopped doing it. Um, I'm assuming, that it didn't say why, but I'm assuming probably at the request of, like, the studios being like, hey, <laughs> stop interrupting. Um, yeah. But then, like, there was this audience uproar, and so they brought it back because, <laughs> because everybody <laughs> was like, bring back Sven around. Bring back around. Um, and But what was also specifically interesting about that was that then uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 yes. very specifically credits Sven formula for how he hosted for being uh how what they kind of based mystery science theater 3000 off of
0: another great midwestern institution
1: yes (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so that i i I was interested to learn more about him i didn't like i said i've I've seen his face i knew generally who he was but i didn't know a lot about it so it was
0: yeah and that's cool I don't know if this is 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 it spoiling something to talk about what he's doing right now? No, no. Go. Um, he um is doing like a horror host search. Oh. Yeah. Well, here here we go. Uh you should look into this. Yeah, he um announced earlier this month, I think, um that like he he was like I'm not retiring, but I've been doing this a long time and I think that I want to like introduce another like new horror host to the world and is like i think going to like see people at convent like be like take auditions at conventions but i think you can also like submit a video very and, cool yeah so if you if you want to be a horror host uh you could be part part of the spangoolie family potentially sounds like a like a i don't know what what a, so you want to be a horror host right. like it's like, uh, yeah. you you can read about this on all Hallows geek an oh. incredible source for Halloween news. All things eek, yeah. Putting <laughs> the eek and geek.
1: Wow, okay, that's cool. Well, I promise not to forget y'all when I'm a big horror host yes. in the Spangoolie fan. <laughs> Midge Pyra. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, to kind of bring us into present day, I think probably the most prominent current version of a horror host we see is Joe Bob Briggs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Joe Bob, uh, he's not new. He was the host of several shows, uh, Joe Bob's drive-in theater. And, uh, from that was like 1986 to 1996, then TNT television. He had monster vision from 96 to 2000, but, as of late, he's moved into streaming land and yes. now has a show called "The Last Drive-In" with Joe Bob Briggs on Shutter. Uh, I feel like our last two As episodes said,
0: Once again, not sponsored, <laughs> not sponsored.
1: <laughs> Damn, maybe we should have, maybe we should have called Shutter before and be like, "Hey, listen, we're about to no. really plug you. Blow you want to, so. you want to give us like three grand, please?" No. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that show started in 2018, and. Uh, what's unique about Joe Bob <laughs> is he's a bit different because he is a human host. He he
0: doesn't have any kind of... What? like
1: gl- I know. A gag. human
0: hosting uh, a horror show? I don't know about that. In this
1: economy? Taking uh, jobs
0: from good, hardworking from monsters and ghouls.
1: <laughs> Support your local monster mortuary. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, he's... He's not a, like, a ghoulish persona. He has, like, a kind of a redneck persona. (laughs) Like, a Jeff Foxworthy name. I
0: could kind of guess that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, He does kind of this, like, you know, yeehaw, drive-in theater enthusiast um, persona. But it works. It's really fun. Um, But it, it is, what I do like about this is it's very cool to see the horror host tradition brought to a new platform like a streaming service. Yeah. um, Because I think it's going to open doors for even more opportunities for, to see this grow uh, for a new generation, which is very cool. Um, And I mean, even honestly, like things like YouTube and stuff, you know, anybody can have their own like quote show now, which is very cool. Um, We have one right here. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, I guess, (laughs) we are technically kind of horror hosts in a way, right? (laughs) We host this podcast. Um, But yeah, this, I mean, like I said, honestly, this is my dream job. This is what, when I like quote created Midge Munster, this was what I had in mind. I was like, I want her to be this haunted housewife. Um, And I, I think, you know, a lot of people, what is really cool about horror hosts is that for a lot of people, um, who were young when these people were on the air it uh, it very much mimicked which i don't know that they did this on purpose but these costumed characters hosting movies had the similar effect of like a a children's tv show host yeah and they were funny and they were you know they took the edge off of the syndication like horror films a little bit they they give some levity to it and so for a lot of people this was their introduction to horror as children mm-hmm. um, and people started watching for the hosts not for the movies which it, it's, it's just a very cool like I said a community building thing and there's you know when you go to conventions and stuff and you see people who are in this vein in some way it is very familial and like that's that's very cool and I think it it's a very like, just I don't know. It's a sweet thing, and I really like it. Um, so, like I said, this is my dream job. Uh, I'm gonna do it someday. Putting that out there. <laughs> yeah, Have your people call my people. Shudder. <laughs> I-,
0: <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say no to like you know horror hosting or MST3King a, a spooky movie with you. Just if oh, you needed, we should... if you needed an assistance to you know work on your reel.
1: We should do a, an episode where we we try it yeah it's like a commentary (laughs) yeah we try horror hosting on the pod that'd be fun i'm into it
0: stay tuned let us let us know listeners if that's something that you would actually want
1: (laughs) yeah submit movie submit b movie ideas um well i think i have a love for this too because i have fond memories when i was growing up my dad and I would like very specifically spend Sundays watching the sci-fi movie Sundays when they would have those terrible B films <laughs> yeah. that were like, Yeti, Ogre, Troll. And it was like the worst CGI you'd ever seen in your life. And like, terrible, terrible writing, but they were so campy and so fun. Um, and my dad and I would like banter over the movie. Yeah. And I didn't even realize at the time like quote what we were doing but now when I you know when I grew up and I had like this love for Elvira's movie macabre and these things it's like oh I've I've been doing this in my head for years (laughs) (laughs) do you uh I mean I think I probably know who yours is but do you have a favorite horror horror host
0: I mean I for 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 my you know for the cred, I have yeah. to say I love Spangoolie. You gotta I say mean, I feel like Elvira <laughs> is probably my very favorite. Like, yeah. just... Her her well, I, character is the one that I like the most,
1: and she's tricky because she's also like so much more than that now. Yeah,
0: because it's like she's I, she's got her movies and she's got all that other good stuff. And I did sometimes um, when I was older, I would see reruns of Movie Macabre on like I yeah. think it was like MeTV or something like that. Some some off brand <laughs> network station. Right.
1: <laughs> I found out through my research. I will um, plug this uh, on Amazon. You do have to rent it. It's like two ninety nine to rent. Um, but there's a really, I'm not going to say it's quality made, but a (laughs) a documentary called American Scary that is about horror hosts. And it delves into all of this, but also um, some lesser known folks and talks a lot about the culture of it. It's very interesting. Uh, Like I said, the quality isn't great, but it was Definitely made a long time ago because they interview Mila Nermi in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like she was alive. Uh, Zachary Lee is alive in it. Like he, they interview him. So it, it was made quite some time ago. Um, but I don't remember where I was going with this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> there was something very specific I was going to bring up. Oh, my God. Was it about horror hosts going beyond their character? Oh, no, but that's a,
1: a good point. <laughs> well, yeah, and it is very uh, that, isn't it? Like like an SNL where they get kind of stuck in this yeah. character. Um, no, what I was going to bring up is that they folk they br- p- <laughs> focused on a woman from Kansas City, Kansas, oh. uh, right across the border from me, and her name is Crematia. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> host's name. It. And I had no idea. I didn't know about her. So I'm gonna I'm gonna delve into that and see what I can find out about that because that was it was cool that I have my own Svenguli. You do <laughs> your, own,
0: your own local host.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening today. I am glad we got to talk a little bit about this. Uh, if you are enjoying the podcast and you want me to be the next Svenguli family member, please leave us a review. <laughs> <laughs> wherever you listen to your podcasts uh if you leave us a review we might just read it right here on air i believe we have something to share today
0: uh we sure do uh so this is a comment left on our pod bean where our podcast is hosted you can listen to it there also if you like yeah uh, this is from Tea Cake cat who left us five star emojis and said, it's taken me nine days, but I've managed to listen to every single episode to date. (laughs) The back and forth between the two of you is amazing. And there is always something new and appropriately spooky to learn. Uh, Bat emoji, pumpkin emoji, spider emoji.
1: That is some dedication,
0: right? I'm, I'm always so delighted when people are saying that they're like, Listening to mass amounts of episodes, and I'm like, I hope that we're still fun when you listen to <laughs> it right, all back it to once. back.
1: That's literally—I was just like doing the math in my head because we have like, what, like 54 up. But that's like that's like 30 hours of ghouls Night in that that yeah. person binged in nine days.
0: Good for Congratulations. you! Congratulations!
1: Thanks for thanks for committing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for your review. Uh, if you are interested in keeping up with us outside of the podcast, you can follow us over on Instagram at ghouls night in pod. Uh, we post, you know, pictures and things of things we talk about in the episode. and You can chat with us in the comments over there. Uh, and if you're looking for me, you can
0: find me across all platforms at Midge Munster. And you can find me across all of the internet um at penny <laughs> snark and just because we haven't mentioned it uh for a while if you yep. are interested in ghoul's night in merch you can find t-shirts tote bags mugs stickers um that is at midgemunster.com slash shop it is also linked in the episode notes um and if you do wear it we would love to see it uh so please do send us a pic or when you post it tag us so we can gush over how cute you look
1: yes please you also read my mind i was literally like we haven't (laughs) talked about merch in a while we
0: haven't
1: yes please uh please put our faces on your water bottles and stuff we would love to see it. (laughs) (laughs) well that is it for ghouls night in and until next time
0: goodbye. goodbye